Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin. I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? I'm doing great, Eric. Looking forward to an extra hour sleep this weekend. I need it. <laughs> I saw someone post on, uh, on, I guess it was Twitter, saying that uh, it's not right that we have to turn the clocks back because 2020, we shouldn't have to suffer an extra hour of 2020. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yep. Very, very apropos. Yep. So last so, week we, uh, we covered the Maryland Millions and uh, overall decent day. I know you had the, uh, I don't know if you were going to bring it up or not, but you talked about it, but you had that nice uh, $25 horse you gave out on like 17 podcasts that you went on last week? Yeah, uh, um, $32 actually. Oh, $32. And it's funny. The horse, the horse was eight to one morning line. I think even on here I, I said, or maybe it was another podcast, I said, I think it might get a little bit, little bit more than um, that, you know, uh, uh, eight to one because I – I just saw that it was a deep field, and I, it, I thought the it, it was kind of a uh, underlay type of uh, situation on the morning line. So uh, yeah, the, nice. the the horse won. The horse won like uh, a three to five. So yeah, and so I I even thanked uh, trainer Kelly Rubley and Sheldon Russell on Twitter for making me look good. There you go. So. Uh, that was the race. I think he was like my sixth choice. I ended up using six horses or whatever that race. So I, I used him in the pick five. Um, but my single uh, crapped out of the pick five, one of my singles. And the, um, the other one that I had in the last race got scratched, which kind of stunk because my bet of the week, well, I had a pick three that would have lost, but uh, my bet of the week was that Monday morning quarterback in the uh, Maryland million race and a classic, whatever they call it. Uh, and he won it like five or six to one. And I had a double. $20 double with him into the last race with the three horse whose name I forgot rising something rising and uh, that horse no, got that, what, oh oh but the the your pick three the first leg would have been a loser that was one, a, one more great time who didn't show up no uh, that, no real excuse because um the the winner of that race whose name I forgot um wired the field the horse that I was like 10 to Yes. I want to say it was eight or 10 to one, but I could be wrong. Could have been higher. Maybe it was higher. Um, I, I didn't like that horse at all. That race. But yeah, it, was it wasn't 16, that high. Was, I couldn't bet that horse. And, and you know, it's strange for some crazy reason, you know, right before they were going to the gate, I looked at the odds and I swear that horse for the most part uh, leading up the, you know, the break was like 28, 30 to one. Wow. And it crossed the finish line, sixteen to one. I was there, like, wow! Some somebody dropped uh, some coin on it. So yeah, wow! Yeah. Someone made some money. Uh, someone else. I know, <laughs> yeah, um, we don't have a guest, uh, and uh, the 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 big five sequence we're going to do. I I question whether or not they'll stay on turf, but since they're stakes races, you had mentioned they probably will. Um, but I don't know if you want to get into this. I just have a pet peeve on um, the computerized wagers that come in at post time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to disagree about this, but go ahead. 
Well, and here's here's the reason, okay? You're you're all about value, right? And I hear so many talking heads, you know, say, "Oh, six, you know, six to five. I can't bet that horse at six to five. And I always say, "Oh, okay. So if I told you, hey, I got a stock for you, and you know, you, you can buy it nine eight uh, when the market opens." And before the market closes, you'll be able to more than double your money. Are you going to say, nah, I can't, I can't do that? You can't guarantee your horse is going to win, though. That's, that's irrelevant. You can't guarantee a stock's going to uh, double. Well, you just told me if I guarantee you, you double your money. Yeah, if you guarantee that horse wins or my money back, I'll do it. I'll bet six to five. I'll bet two to five then. <laughs> okay, so all right. So with that said, okay, so you're, you're in the camp of you're only going to bet the horse that you love only if you get a decent price, right? Well, if, if it's, let's say it's a six to five shot that I, I think is going to win. Like, I, I just don't think it's going to lose. If that horse, now I'm what, double, just more than doubling my money. So I need more than a 55, I don't want to do the math, but I need more than a 50% chance that that horse is going to win in my mind. So if the horse has like a 90% chance in my mind of winning, I need six to five, sure, I'll bet. I mean, maybe I won't bet win anyway, because I like to win Big bets, I don't, you know, what am I going to bet? I don't bet huge amounts of money, $50 to win at most and make 50 bucks, 55 bucks. That's not going to okay. excite me. All right, so, so, and this is the point I'm going to make. For everybody who, who are value bettors and will only bet a horse they love if they get a price that they feel is fair. Correct. So the horse is five to two. It's post time anywhere except astronic track because post time means it's 20 <laughs> minutes before the series goes off they're in the gate he's five to two you pound him you make your bet because you're loving the fact that you're getting mm -hmm. five to two on him you know what i'm going to say and they're off and as they come into the stretch his odds are six to five how do you feel about your wager right now? All right. Here's, here's my pet peeve. My pet peeve is people like you thinking that. <laughs> and here's why. Here's hey, why. believe me. Because it's not, it's not me making my 10 or $20 win wager that's, that's taking that horse from five to two to six to five. It's you know what I mean? Now you think they're getting right. five to two, and they're betting a couple hundred on the horse causing it to come down well it's, it's more so, than that that's a, like fairmount park or something but yeah the computer beds a bit more but right. well, i see your point but I mean, my last, last year at churchill no lie i i bet a horse they're going in the gate he's nine to two coming into the stretch he's three to two mm. now at churchill that's got to be a, a big of chunk of money to put the odds down like that all right, so here's what I mean. The pet peeve is of people who are complaining about it like you. That's my pet peeve. Here's why. <laughs> because if you see a horse is five to two, I'll use your analogy in the race. Look at the will pays because unless you're betting some small track that doesn't have rolling doubles, pick three, stuff like that, right. look at the will pays. Because I would say 98% of the time, the situation you described, that horse is a heavy favor in the doubles, pick three, will pays. So five to two, and let's say this, this, the other favorite is like five to two, you know, at that point when they're going to the gate. But if the one you're betting is a heavy favorite in those multi-race bets, you know, you know he's getting pounded at the end and he's going to drop down. And if he's not, 
if he's the same double price as the other horse, he's probably going to stay around the same price. So you know when that's happening. How often does that happen? Look for now on when you see that. Look at the will pays. How often does that happen when the will pays don't already tell you it's going to happen? I almost have never seen a horse just take late money like that and be a huge favorite, or, or even if it's not a favorite, go from like 20 to 1 to 7 to 1 when they're not like the third or fourth choice in the doubles, meaning they're not taking any money, or they didn't take any money in the doubles, took no money in the paper, yet they're still being bet late like that. It just doesn't happen. At least I haven't seen it maybe once every three months. Well, months. And, and it's, it's, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Meaning, okay, everybody and their brother is looking for an edge on whether the horse is live or not. So the first thing they look at are the will pays. Right. To see if the horse is being bet. So the people who bet the horse in either the double or the trip, not the double, the double or the, the pick three or pick four, where the will pays, he's, he might be the third choice in the program, but he's the first choice in the will pays, okay? Mm -hmm. Are the people who have those live tickets on that horse also the same people who are going to pound him to the win? I don't think so. I think what it is is everybody and their brother who thinks they got an angle by finding the live horse by looking at the will pays, they're the schmucks who are, who are uh, going to bet the horse to win because it's an angle. So I think, I think the final odds and the pounding, it's not coming from the people who already got money on the horse. I, I don't know. Why, I, listen, why would you're, they do that? If you're, if, if you're alive to the horse in a pick three or pick four, why would you – Bet the more on the horse to win when you're not getting the value based on everybody and their brother using the will pace as an indicator that, oh, okay, let me see. I'm, I'm the guy who thinks he knows everything about horse racing. I read, I read the form, but then at a minute before post or five minutes before post, I'm looking at the will pace to totally screw my mind and, and mean that I don't have any faith in my own ability to find a horse that's live. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, that, that this is what's going on out there in the betting world. Uh, listen, what you said makes sense. The only, the only counter I'd have and why I don't really agree, even though it's logical is if you're the kind of person who's sitting there and saying, Hmm, five to one morning line, but favored in the double and pick three, we'll play. I'm going to bet this horse. You're not the kind of better who's changing odds. You're betting 10 or $20 at most. You're not the guy who changes the odds. It's the computers that change it. And the computers through, we had TK Kugler on. He talked about his computer model looking for things. They have these fancy computers and they see what their fair odds are for each horse. And they wait, I guess, until like 10 seconds before the race goes off. However, they program it. I'm not even sure how it works. Or maybe they manually hit the button. But I think it's automatic because they can make thousands of bets in, in a few seconds. And they wait for the value. They see what it is. And then when there's a discrepancy, boom, they pound on it. And that's who's doing it. Whether they're alive in the pick four or not, I, I think that's irrelevant. So, you know, people like me who are betting pick fives, I'm not the one changing the odds in the, in the win bet anyway. It's these computers. So I think the pick five, pick four, irrelevant. Right. And I think the computer betters are not as – I could be wrong about this. I assume they're not as big in the pick four and pick five because they can't see the value going ahead, and that's what it's all about. So that's why they're more into the, you know, doubles, exactas, where they can see the probables or win bets because they can see the – or even place and show, I guess, but uh, where they can right. see the odds. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's not a subject I'm that well versed on, but that's right. But, but no, in, in your in your own history of, of making bets, 
making win bets. What's the percentage of win bets that you made on a horse that you were alive to in the last leg of a sequence? It depends how much it's paying, but often I, I see your point is, is a valid one. If I'm alive for five grand to a horse, I'm not betting him to win person. Some people would, but I'm not, because I'm not a big better. If I was like a thousand dollar win better and I like the horse, I'm like, you know, it's yeah. three to one. I'm already getting 5,000. I love this horse. I'll bet another thousand and, and get four, you know, at, at three or 4,000 to my five. But I just don't bet big enough. But if I'm a big better, I would do it because if I thought the horse was good, why not pound it? But again, that's a little about my, my uh, wagering budget, I guess you can call it. <laughs> so, but my, my point was that, you know, when horses are going to get pounded late. So I don't want to hear people complaining. I mean, who am I to say this, but you know, I don't have sympathy for people who complain, Oh, you got pounded late when he was a favorite in the doubles or he was a third choice in the doubles and he got pounded down to be the third choice in the win bet. You knew it was going to happen. You should have known. Um, but anyway, so I see your point. I would be frustrated too, but that, that's how I feel uh, about the issue. Um, as, as fascinating as that conversation was, uh, just before we get into the Belmont races, uh, any you know, quick thoughts? We're going to do a Breeders' Cup uh, previews next week, and, and we'll talk about that and, and put it out on Twitter. But um, you know, just looking at the early entries, yeah, I was disappointed. We were actually scrolling through them briefly right before we uh, started to record. There was one horse I was dying to bet, Casa Creed, who if you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted out his uh, name about three or four weeks ago. He ran at Keeneland, I want to say, or Churchill, whatever is open. And he set an insane pace, and he's not even a speed horse. I don't know, Mar- Martin Garcia is, uh, you know, whatever, jockey. But he didn't, he didn't give him a good ride. So I really want to bet the horse, but he's on the AE list, I guess. So I don't know if he's going to draw in, but I'm praying he does, because that will be like 30 to 1 or 25 to 1. Uh, the Classic came up really uh, interesting as a race. Uh, any, any, you know, just brief thoughts on the Breeders' Cup in general, the Classic, anything? Uh, I, I think it's really, well, one, I'm surprised that there's even seven horses or seven juvenile fillies uh, running against Princess Noor, <laughs> you know, I guess somebody's got to well, run second or third. No, no, no. Nope. She's not winning. Oh, boy. She's got hey, like the eighth. We're not, talk- I think the- we're not talking, we're not uh-huh. talking Gamine. We probably got a shot in her ass before she tried to uh, win the, uh, prove that she was a miler, you know, in the Kentucky Oaks. But I digress. Um, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I was going to say that I, I, I'm looking it up as you speak now, but I believe Princess Noor has like maybe the fourth or fifth best speed figures in the field. She just doesn't run fast, even though she's beating nothing. Uh, so she looks good. But I'm trying to look it up oh. quickly as you're talking to make sure I'm not making oh, okay. pulling myself. Well, I'll, I'll give you my uh, thoughts on the classic. Um, it'll be interesting to see how maximum oh. security runs. Uh, Can I jump in for a second before? Because we'll talk about the classic. Because I found it. All right. So this is in. Now this is a pre-entry. So some of these horses might not end up running. But um, I'm I'm not going to say the horse. But I'm going to go like the the buyers, the last race buyers. One had 79. Another had a 95. And before that, an an 83. One had an 82. Princess Noor has gotten 76, 79, 78. Um, Another horse has an 89 and an 81. Uh, and that's be, another one has a 91 and 83. My point is she's like the seventh best on speed figures. Now that's not the only factor I understand, but I can't see that I'm betting her, especially the short price. But anyway, go ahead. Classic, unless you want to add something. Oh, no, the classic, I, you know, um, it would be a nice, uh, something to look up that, uh, you have the three, three-year-olds 
to each one one leg of the of the triple crown mm-hmm. facing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that ever happened before? First, you have to have three different horses win each leg of the triple crown. Uh, so this might be a first for uh, Breeders' Cup. Uh, Tacitus will finally go off probably 15 to 1 after that horrible showing. Even um, higher. Against a pair of three-year-olds. I mean, what was that? What, what, what's your thoughts on Tacitus now after I, that? I mean, they well, walked through the first six furlongs, and he still couldn't hold off two, three-year-olds who, um, you know, probably – I think both of them. Was that the first time in a graded stakes for both of them? Um, I know no, for the I winner. I think the Jim well, Dandy – miss the guy the one, the Jim Dandy or whatever, second. And oh, the, that's uh, right. Yeah. It's like a grade two, right. I think. But, um, yeah. I, you know what? I honestly – I think that those two three-year-olds might emerge as the best three-year-olds. Miss the guy, you know, I love that horse. And, um, and Happy Saver, who I didn't love going into the race, but – and I'm not one who says, oh, you beat someone, they came back to him. But, you know, he, he handled uh, Monday night quarterback, or Monday morning quarterback, who ended up, you know, running off with the, uh, with the Merrill the Million race, which I know is not a great stakes. But still, those horses were like 100 by horses. They were good horses. Um, I, I'm not uh, – Tacitus, I think he had 30 to 1 on Tacitus, but um, 25 minimum. Uh, I, I doubt I'm going to use him. The only thing is there's a lot of horses I'm against in that race, which is good because I won't go very wide. But I'm, I'm against oh. Authentic. I'm against higher power. I'm against uh, maximum security. I'm against a skydiver. Uh, title ready. I don't think belongs. I'm against his law in this race. So, what's that? You like Tom? right? Yeah, Tom's. He he's gonna be tough. Tom, listen, Tom's to me. Tom's and Tom Improbable are the two best horses in the country right now. Uh, definitely dirt horses. Most likely one of those two win. But again, I want to look over the race and make sure. You also got to worry about, you know, I always say Bob Baffert's horses feel good when they run. You see why now, the 50th uh, positive uh, that he's had. But it's, you know, one of his grooms had cough syrup, uh, you know, and he breathed on the horse, so he tested positive. It's unbelievable what this yeah, it happens all over the, but, uh, Yeah, it happens all across the country. I'd like to see where, where else has this happened. It's amazing. Graham Motion. It's never happened to Graham Motion. He's been training uh, for decades. No, and we can get off on a tangent with, with trainers that cheat and all, but, you know, if you're a 25% or more trainer, and when you claim horses, they improve 10 to 20 virus speed figures on a regular basis, you're either the greatest trainer ever, you're better than Woody Stevens and Dwayne Lucas, because they couldn't do things like that. Um, so somehow you're the greatest trainer ever, or you're cheating. And, you know, it's sad, but there's so many cheaters out there. And obviously, we don't have proof, or I don't have proof, but it's kind of sad. That's why I'm so... You know, we always talk about, you know, trainers I love. And all, Sean McGahee, Graham Motion, Bill Mott. These are guys I'd be shocked if they're cheating. Uh, who knows? Maybe they use medication and yeah, uh, it, whatever, but I'd be it, shocked. They're steady from, from the start of their career and when, mm-hmm. when they made it, let's say. They're, 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 they're just kind of grinding away. They, you know, year after year, they, they just have some really good horses and a lot of not-so-good horses. And they, yep. as you said – you don't see their horses making these meteoric, I can't even say it, meteoric, I can't. Yeah, you're not coming close. You're going to make me say it, meteoric? <laughs> meteoric, thank you. Um, <laughs> rise in, in class. But anyway, so yeah, we're, we're going in every tangent. Yeah. But it, it's funny that um, a couple weeks ago when we had T.K. Kugler on and we were looking at – uh a race and it may have been 
it may have been um, the one that Happy Saver won. Because uh, we were saying that he won the Frederico Tessio, but it was probably one of the weakest fields in the Tessio. Because we said, oh, well, Monday morning quarterback came back and right. ran on the turf and didn't do anything. So here, what has happened? Monday morning quarterback comes back and wins the Maryland Million Classic. Happy Saver does win and beats Tacitus and the greatest three-year-old that you've ever known, uh, Mr. Guide. You got it. I was hoping he was going to be in the Breeders' Cup. Honestly, if he was in that Classic, I was hoping. He was a horse I was going to take in the price, most likely. But next year he's going to win. 2021, unless he's retired, I don't know about because after all, they did crown him um, the uh, world victory the champion victory for, uh, in that race. The Jockey Club moral moral victory champ. Yep. <laughs> all right. Do you want to uh, you want to get into these Belmont races? We're trying to. Uh, we promised that we try and keep the show about an hour or less. So, um, are we good to start the Belmont races? We're I don't good want to, rush to you. start. And, and I have no shame. I I didn't have a lot of time. It's New York. It's Eric's backyard, so he's going to do the lion's share of the handicapping, and I'll I'll throw in my thoughts along the way. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of rain Thursday and Friday in the New York area. It's supposed to be sunshine Saturday. I know one thing: Naira has always been good about trying to run the stakes turf races on turf, even though it might be, you know, very very soft. So, and yeah, it's I basically been raining. Oh, I'm sorry. It's basically been raining for uh, four days straight, and I'm looking out my window. It's still raining. <laughs> it's supposed to rain tomorrow up until early afternoon or, or sometime in the afternoon. Um, so you'll get about, what, a little less than 24 hours, maybe uh, 20 hours of, of dry weather. So we'll see. I hope they stay on the turf. Just for people listening, it's much different, turf and dirt, like to me. So if you are someone who actually listens to my opinion, uh, you know, if I like a horse and, and we're talking turf and it goes on the dirt, just ignore just about everything I said unless I mentioned something about the dirt. But, um, all right, we'll start, start with the sequence. I, well, uh, before, we, before you start, I, know, uh, I knew there was a lot of rain coming when it started when I saw a report that on the Long, Long Island uh, Railroad by uh, Belmont, mm-hmm. there were animals lining up in pairs. So <laughs> I thought maybe they, they might be in trouble with turf, but they'll, they'll give it a shot. Very so, good. We got to get a little uh, drum roll. I had, to, I had to get my bad humor in there before you got started on your serious handicapping. No problem. And he probably thought of that all night last night. So hope you guys appreciated it. Um, all right. Uh, so let's get into race six. Oh, no, my, uh, box. Yes, you're, you're naturally very funny, we know. <laughs> um, anyway, race six. The Belmont Stakes, uh, not Belmont Stakes, the Stakes Race at Belmont, the Zagora. <laughs> Uh, who I believe was a Chad Brown horse not too long ago, eighty thousand dollars stakes race. Like um, like GQ said, you know we hope it stays on the turf. So we'll handicap the turf, and if it comes off, it comes off. But uh, I think they'll keep it on the turf for stakes. Anyway, I'll run through the horses uh, relatively quickly. The one horse, Bo Bell. Uh, this is a horse I actually singled several races back in uh, July, or uh, maybe it was August when he came in fourth. Oh, June that long ago came in fourth, but by a neck at seven to one. We get some monies. Uh, that race. And I remember I was with uh, our friend Tom and he likes me get the money. I'm like, eh, I don't like that horse. I'm just going to use, uh, I'm just going to use um, Bo Bell and just got beat there. But anyway, oh, she just got beat. 
Bo Bell's had pretty easy leads and coughed them up. The distance scares me. Two back September 5th, I thought she had an easy lead. Uh, she put up a 92 buyer for what it's worth in a grade two race and, and coughed up that lead. Um, the flower bowl was grade one, was over her head probably, so I can excuse that race. But uh, her speed figures put her right there. She should be the only speed in this race, it looks like on paper. So that's a big edge. And she's getting class relief. She's been running in graded stakes competition. Although I will say the times she wasn't, she ran an 80K stakes game in third and, and an um, optional claimer that she came in um, fourth, close up. So my point is, I, I really don't like Bo Bell, but I can see being the lone speed and, and the class relief a little bit. I can see her possibly winning, but she would not be one of my main picks, but I can definitely see using her. Um, do you want me to just keep going and then you jump in, or do you want to? Yeah, I mean, the, here, here's the thing. Uh, it's always interesting, and you've never talked to a, a jock, or I've never heard a jock or a trainer. Well, yeah, you hear trainers say it, talking about, you know, if there's some give in the ground, and you kind of try to look at horses' past, past performances on a firm turf versus soft or yielding or whatever. And uh, Bo Bell doesn't look like uh, she does too bad on uh, a yielding or first two race, uh, races when uh, back in uh, at Saratoga, she won back-to-back on a yielding ground. And then, you know, you got the Europeans, and for some reason everybody thinks in Europe the ground's real soft, which for the most part a lot of times it can be because mm-hmm. if they take the races off the turf, they're not running. So they and they 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 run regardless of uh, what the uh, given the ground is. So um, maybe just as as you're talking about it, people can keep that in mind. Um, horses that may either move up or down when they're running on less than firm turf. Yeah, and and sometimes those Europeans come over and people assume they run on the soft better on the soft turf, but a lot of times. They're coming over to avoid the soft turf. Trainers like, yeah, they're not running great in the soft. Let's right. get to the, the U.S. where it's firm. So I don't, you know, I know some people say, oh, Euros on the soft, and uh, I, maybe the Breeders' Cup or something because they're coming here to run regardless. But you know, otherwise, I, I don't necessarily factor that in too much. But definitely, they run on the soft a lot more over there. Uh, like Ireland, it rains all the time, right? It's like Seattle, so it's uh, constantly raining, so it's always soft. The two horse, uh, Muna Makina, this is the first time in the states for Clement Rosario. Great connections. Coming out of a group one race where she was 58 to one, so probably had no shot there. Um, it's hard to know what to do, but this horse did come in second to Satsas. You guys can look up uh, if I'm pronouncing the name right. Uh, but Satsas is um, one of the better European horses. She came in second to him, uh, her last year. So um, actually, him. It is a him, I think. Uh, so she she's had some she had some class here. I don't really love anyone. I mean, I like one or two words, but I don't love anyone. This is a horse where I'm going to look at the workout reports and see how she's doing in the stage. But this is one who's five to two morning line. I'm planning on using it. I think I'm just using two horses here probably, but uh, I might go real deep. So I would use a two. Uh, the three, Cap de Croix or Crew, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. This is a horse who I, I think it, she is what she is. Uh, she had 83 by her two back. Uh, I think that was a fair number. You know, I don't think she's necessarily much better off of that race. I don't think she did anything special in that race. She ran too wide. Um, last race was um, a little short, mile and an eighth. Not that she needs to go long, but it was probably short for her. So, yeah, I can see her being a little better. She would shock me a little, but not impossible. Um, Lemon Zip's a horse who last year was really good and put up some big numbers. I just don't think she's the same. If you want to take a shot, 
that she can get back to last year, then go for Lemon Zip. But I just don't think she's the same. I actually played her this year once, and um, she had a July 12th, she had a perfect trip going a mile and a half, saved ground against a lot of these, and did nothing. So I, I don't know, maybe the layoff, but I'm just, I gave up on Lemon Zip. Olympic Games, two back. I like the race. You know, ran pretty well. It was a speed favoring race, similar union who had single that day, actually. Uh, who I really liked. But this horse, Olympic Games, scared me and, and ran really well to close that race, uh, going about two wide. And she put 86 fire, nothing special, but decent. Last race, I had no idea what happened to her last race. Uh, she, she honestly scares me. There's illogical reason, but the other Clement, like the other Bobka theory, um, you know, the fact that it's the other Clement, I might worry. But I don't love Olympic Games because I don't want to just toss her last race for no reason. So, uh, if you can find a reason why she didn't run well, it really wasn't that wide of a trip or anything, just nothing. The horse I do like the maybe the most uh, that I'm going to play, and, and probably if I bet a win bet would be a win bet, is Lucky Money, or Luck Money, the six. Two back, she put up a 91 buyer at uh, Kentucky Downs. I thought ran uh, a nice race. I'm a big uh, Harvey's Little Goyle fan. So she came in uh, a length behind Harvey's girl, Goyle. And uh, Michelin is a pretty nice horse, too. Now, this was a three-year-old race. I know you're going to be upset because it's a three-year-old. Um, <laughs> last race, she regressed to an 81 buyer, and she was dropping from a stakes into just a first-level allowance. Now, she did win, but she put up a lower speed figure. But she was two to three wide in the race. It was a short race, a mi- well, shorter, a mile and an eighth. And I know she's won that. But they could have run around again, and they were not going to catch her. Now, I don't know if she ran against great horses, but – she won that. It doesn't look easily. No one was going by her and, and at all. She could have kept going. So I think last race was between having a little bit of a wide trip and having plenty left at the end and now further distance. I love Arnie Delacour, if that's how you pronounce it, a former, I believe, Clement assistant. So that, that's my main play here. I guess the only fear is she's kind of a closer. And um, in this race, it might not be a lot of speed. The seven lucky stride. Um, I got to read my notes here. I didn't love her last race because I have a little minus sign. That's like my, my sign that it wasn't as good as an 86 buyer. Um, tight on the first turn, but she saved ground and had a good trip after that. So basically saved ground around the whole track. It was a mile and 16, so we'll see how the distance, if she likes it or not. I, I, I'm a Trumbetta fan from Maryland and all. Um, you know, third off the layoff. She's a four-year-old, could improve. Maybe wants more distance. Well-bred, but I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, in love with that horse. Uh, Cambaliza, that would actually be uh, another horse I would think about. The eight. Uh, last race, she put up an 89 buyer in a second level allowance race, missed by a nose or neck, I'm sorry, and seven to one. Um, it, it really closes in fairly well in that race, and that's what scares me. But her number was good. It's Delacour. She's, I think, an improving horse around 79 and 89. So that's a horse that would be like my third choice here, I guess. And then the nine would be my fourth choice, mostly because I love shoggy, as we said. But um, there's a horse who um, is just slowly getting better. I, I don't love her last race because I thought it favored closers, and, and she got an ideal setup. Uh, there's some trouble there, but I don't uh, – let me see what I wrote. Spike Lish pace, uh, yada, yada, yada. Closers actually did well, even though it was a slow pace. Uh, I, I just think she's getting better. Again, I don't love her last race. I just don't know if she's going to be good enough. So after all that, um, I'm on the six, Luck Money. I'm on the two, Muda Makina. The next horse I would pick would be like the one, eight, nine. But I'm, I'm mostly two, six, maybe one, eight, nine. And there's a chance my pick five because I'm thin elsewhere. I go really deep and go all here. 
Um, but I, I'm probably just going to go two six. All right. You want to add in? I'm sorry. I'm hogging the talking. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm the brisnet guy of this pair mm -hmm. and I swear by the, their turf figures uh, on turf. They, they do really well. Now, the fact of the matter is, you know, the, the distance mile, mile and a half, uh, these all horses are, are cut out to, to run that. I always look for a horse who has already run that distance. I don't care if they're bred to go that distance. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that they ran in a race where they had to go that far, I think does something with their mindset and conditioning. And at a price, I, I would use lemon zip. Somehow toss that last race. Dylan Davis has no qualms getting back on, getting back on her. And she's gone this distance six times, two wins, two places, and a third with the best Brisnet ever, which happened just uh, a year ago at Aqueduct in a similar race going a mile and a half. I, you know, you would have thought the five and a half furlong race was just a workout to get a race into her coming off mm -hmm. of the short layoff uh maybe maybe it was just too you know, the competition was too much in, in the grade three she, you know <laughs> the only other time she ran in grade three she kind of ran similar so who knows puts blinkers back on i don't know why they took them off coming off of you know in the last two races so only one for four though on, on belmont grass but at a price I, i'd be willing to to use her um your horse luck luck money just don't know where the ceiling is yeah it's a three-year-old but the three-year-old she has run against um you know her elders so you know she's she's a player uh, other than that um who knows bo bell uh, as far as pace scenario i know you don't look at pace scenario but there really there isn't anybody out there who wants to go to the lead maybe bo bell there's some others who kind of uh sit in there but louis Saez, he likes to get on the lead plus he's at the rail uh going a mile and a half who knows he'll go to lead if, if uh he can walk the dog on the front end uh bo bell might upset the apple cart even though it's bo bell's only four to one but you you don't care for her no it's not that i don't care like you said i mentioned that you know she might be the only speed so i'm either going uh the the two six like i mentioned the two meeting Muna Makina with Clement and the six luck money. Uh, and that'll be my main bet, but I might throw in the one, eight, nine, um, in, in some bets, the ones, Bo Bell, and then the two on the outside, uh, Campbellese and hungry kitten, uh, or I might even go all, but I'm probably just going to go two, six. One thing is because uh, Bo Bell's had leads and, and easy leads and blown them, but I, I wouldn't be shocked, especially with Louie, like you said, uh, you'd assume she'd be on the lead all alone. Um, race seven, unless you had more race seven, a state bread allowance. 1x, we're good? Okay. Um, I love, see, a lot of times we do, like, we, we want to appeal to what people want to listen to. And, you know, usually it's like the big races. So the tracks that have, like, the stakes races and all that. So oftentimes we're just handicapping stakes races. I love just the regular, good old allowance claiming races where you know the level. And this is a state bred first level allowance. I just like this level of, of horse because you know exactly who they've been running against. Are they dropping in class? Are they rising in class? You know, so that, that makes it a lot easier to handicap for me. Um, in the pick five, unless I 
grow a uh, bigger set very soon. I might go all in this race. The horse I like the most, I won't go through everyone because it's going to take forever here. Um, the horse I like the most is actually a price. Can you, uh, you want to guess which double digit odd horse that I have on top here? Give me, give me, um, you talk, start talking and I'll, I'll try to see. All right. I'll talk going. about, yeah, I'll talk about two of the favorites. Uh, number six, Rickon and number nine, South Africa, I believe are the two. Oh, and Jerry Nip are the four, but let's go six, six and nine. Um, the six Rickon, they put up bigger speed figures than the rest of this field. Uh, and I guess the four Jerry the Nipper has kind of put up bigger speed figures than a lot of them. Those horses are all in the 70s buyers where no one else really gets in the 70s much at all. So those are the four, three horses. Again, the four um, Jerry the Nipper and then six Rickon, nine South Africa. Interestingly, they're, they're pretty much all speed horses. I guess the four Jerry the Nipper will sit off the pace shortening up. But um, Rickon is a horse who I just feel has taken advantage a lot of paceless races. But he's a good horse. Uh, in this race, like you mentioned, I don't love looking at the pacing areas, but this race has a lot of speed on paper. But it's New York, so someone will probably go to the lead alone and walk around the track. Um, but Rickon's okay. I, I thought his last two races are not as good as they look because I thought he had relatively easy leads. So he got a 77, 79 buyer. I think in my buyer-er scale, those are a little lower, maybe low to mid-70s. Uh, but that still might be good enough to win. So he definitely can win Rickon. Uh, South Africa, also, Tubac actually liked his race better than last race. That six furlong race, he ran September 4th. Uh, he was pushed by a 7-2 shot. They were sort of dueling, I guess. And that 7-2 shot faded to the back and came in 8th out of 11. So that was pretty impressive. And the next race, he came back and he won pretty easy. The only thing is he had a pretty easy lead last race, but maybe he's better than it should. You know, maybe he just didn't really try that hard because he didn't have to. So both horses are capable of winning. They, you know, if you're someone who just wants to hit the pick five, you got to use both. But I don't know if that's smart betting necessarily. Um, and, and then Jerry the Nipper, he could also win, I guess. But I, I don't love his last race. Um, I, I just thought, you know, he had an easy lead last race. And it was against me and he's stepping up. Could he win? Of course. But I don't I don't love any of the favorites. But they, the three could, of them could win. Go ahead, GQ. Who do you got for me? Uh, so you're going to go with the um, Finger Lake Shipper. Which one? Demography. Ah, excellent. Look at that. You, you know me already. We're only together a few months, <laughs> and you're like my wife. Actually, you know me more than my wife because I never see her. <laughs> it's scary. Uh, yes. She'll be home at like 9 o'clock tonight, but that's all good. Um, demography. Yeah, I'm telling you. You have to have a wife, wife who rides horses because – did you ever watch um, – you watch Seinfeld by any chance? Are you a Seinfeld person? I might ask you this. Yes, I am. Yes, All right. Am. So in one of the Seinfelds, George Costanza's parents are deciding if they're going to retire or move to Florida. So George is like, all right, do I say yes? Because they say, George, we can't decide. We want it to be you decide. Whatever you say, we'll do. He's like, all right, if they go to Florida, I'll, they'll be out of my hair. I'll never see him. And his parents were, you know, annoyed him all the time, whatever. But it's gonna, they're going to run through my savings because they're buying a place and they're going to spend a lot of money and I'll get like no inheritance. If I tell them to stay in New York and don't go, I'll have inheritance, but I'll have to deal with them for, for years. So having a wife who's a, a horse person is, is kind of like that. You get a lot of free time because they like their horse a lot more than they like their husbands. So they spend all their time with the horse, but it costs a fortune. So it's like a trade-off. Do you want that free time or do you want to keep your money? So um, anyway, <laughs> I went off on a tangent. So, sorry, but 
So she spends all of her time with the horse while you spend all your time with the dog. Yes, I think the, uh, ironically, her dog I spend all the time with. So um, oh. at our wedding, I think it was my brother in a little best man speech, or whatever, said something about um, what was the line. It was a pretty funny line. They both love, he was saying they have a lot in common. They both love horses. She likes to ride them. And Eric likes them with a five foot guy on top with a whip or something like that, you know, riding. So it was funny the way he said it. Anyway, let's get back because people don't care about that. Gemography, 15 to one, the five horse. Excellent, excellent uh, picking of who I like. So I like this horse. Um, finger Lakes Chipper ran at basically a similar level in Finger Lakes, um, but it's Finger Lakes, so it's probably not as good a races. Two back, he put up a 66 buyer, and I thought he ran pretty well. He had a slightly slow start, which it says in the PP, so you're not getting any value off of that. But um, the, excuse me, the ride was really weird. Uh, Andre Worry, who I'm not a huge fan of, he wins over there, but ran in New York, couldn't cut it downstate. Uh, went to Finger Lakes and does okay, but he was like strangling the horse, and um, he just it was a weird ride, just kept checking the horse back. And he really was making uh up ground late on the two speeds in the race who, who were the two favorites, so I thought he ran pretty well. In the last race, he had a really tough trip, he bobbled at the start, which um, it doesn't say that it said some other trouble, but he bobbled at the start so much so that Andre Ward almost got thrown out of um off the horse. He like bob, he was like up in the air for a second, came back down, so he got off to a slow start. He was checked on the backstretch twice. He went four wide, and he still made a great close. Now, it might not have been against that good of competition, but he had a lot of trouble. So those 66 and 64 buyer are significantly better, in my opinion, that they're in the 70s. That puts him right there. Is he still the most likely winner? No, but for 15 to 1, when I think he's not that much worse than a Rickon or a South Africa, who are going to be like 3 to 1, I'll take my chances 15 to 1. Um, new trainer, Mark Hennig. I like Mark Hennig. I don't know if that really changes things, but... Um, yeah, so that's who I'm mostly on the five here. I don't think I have the, the balls to single him in a pick five, but uh, definitely using him prominently in, in my bets. Uh, I already mentioned um, the six nine uh, as a favorite, it's the four talk about. The only other horse I'll talk about here, because like I said, I'm trying to go a little quicker. The seven, the other finger lake shipper, I think has a shot too. Um, troubleshooter, that's the seven, 15 to one for Jeremiah Englund. He's been kind of cold, which worries me. But um, this is a horse put up a 68 buyer last time. Um, he, first of all, two back when he broke his maiden. Again, it was at Finger Lakes. Open company, though, for this worth. He was much the best. He had a slow start. Did save ground, but was just much the best that race. Comes back last race in open company. But he was also the, what, eight to five favorite, something like that. So it probably wasn't the toughest race. Uh, I thought he ran really well. He had a slight hop at the start. So um, that's an issue for this horse. So he had a, a slightly slow start, two back. So that worries me a little. But in this race, it might help. You stay back a little because there should be a lot of pace. Plus, better length. Um, and, 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 you know, he made a nice close last race he won. So if this horse improves at all, I thought this horse's last race was a little better than it looks on paper. So I, I'm with both finger leg shippers and I, I'm going to be betting an exact between the two of them, um, you know, 15 to one and see if I get lucky there. Uh, but know, just to recap, yeah, and re I, oh, go ahead. I'll recap at the end. You, you go. Uh, I know it's probably just coincidence, but, uh, in Maryland, we don't have, well, we do have state bread, but un unlike unlike uh, uh, New York, who has the true state bread uh, races restricted to the state breads. Oh, I always like to look at the horses who ran in the open company, the unrestricted, mm -hmm. and just think that obviously they're they're running. They should be running against better competition because it's not just restricted to the New York breads, which 
is the reason why I picked out either uh, I, I was originally going to say troubleshooter. Then when I looked a little more at uh, gemography and that's who I landed on. But those two most recently have um, run against open. Not that you can compare Finger Lakes open company to Belmont open company, but um, that's, that, that's the reason why. Yeah, no, that's normally a great point. I just, I don't know if the New York Red races at Belmont might be better than the Finger Lakes Open, but I'm, I'm not really sure. I would think it is, but, um, but normally that's a, a great strategy to look at. Um, all right, so in this race, like I said, I'm, I'm on the five, uh, Gemography. I like the seven, Troubleshooter. And out of the three favorites, I would lean towards the, the six, Rickett, and the nine, South Africa, more so than Jerry the Nipper, the four. Um, but like I said, there's a chance I go all in this race and I'll recap my, um, my bet, um, at the end of pick five bet, but most likely going all in this race, um, which people argue, I don't want to talk again about an all bet. You know, if you're betting all, maybe leave out the favorites, but, um, we'll, we'll go over that at the end. So unless you want to add anything else, we want to race eight, you let me know. Yeah, we, I mean, we could talk about the all, I, all I, to me, the all, all that does is. You know, you don't have to take any tums while watching that race. You know, you have a winner. <laughs> but in reality, do you think that any race is that wide open that you wouldn't be shocked that any horse would win, that you couldn't eliminate somebody who is really a rank outsider? Maybe not in your case in this race since right. two best horses you like or the outsiders you know so that's why you you would uh hit the all button but yeah you know every horse player's nightmare is here you spread on an all ticket and the favorite wins right so that's why there's logic behind and uh one of the guys i respect a lot uh, there's probably two people who i've learned the most about betting from uh and i don't know them that well personally i got to meet tommy uh masses recently but tommy masses and then on twitter inside the pylons and again, I, I've learned more from those two, just following them and listening to them. And they're great because they've written back to me when I've written to them, even when I didn't know them at all. Um, so they were wonderful about that. And I know inside the pylons would say, if you're, first of all, he's against the all button um, because he says, you think they all have a shot. If I think a horse doesn't have a shot, I don't care if it's one horse, I'm leaving him out. Um, I've got burnt by that so many times that I'm just at this point, if I'm using like eight out of nine, I'm just going all. If it's only a five horse field and I use four to five, adding one more, would add 25% to the ticket. That's a lot. But if it's nine horses and I go 10, it's really not adding that much. Um, but his argument is, is if you don't like it, leave it out. And the other thing, it, like you mentioned, if you think the race is so wide open that you like 15 to one shots, have a shot, whatever, then just bet against the favorite. Don't use a favorite. Now, the favorite's going to win here and there. But if you think about it, by leaving out the favorites, when you go all except for the couple favorites, by leaving them out, you're saving money. And yeah, you might miss out on a bet or two, but over time, the money you're saving probably offsets the times where you use all they win, uh, you know, and you end up hitting the bet. So I'd have to do the math and look at my bets closer than that. But um, I, I don't see a huge favorite. Like I wouldn't want to go all with, like uh, last week we had a Hello Beautiful race. And on our podcast, I said, I might go two, uh, was Hello Beautiful was a six. I said, I like the two in that race. So I thought it ran pretty well. I mean, it came in like fourth or fifth, blew the break and all. But um, the, the, Two six, I said, I might use them, or I might even go all. But then when I saw Hello Beautiful go like four to five or even money, I'm like, there's no way I'm going all. And I just used two six. Hello Beautiful won like four to five. So it worked out okay, I guess. It's not what I wanted. But um, so I, I wouldn't go all if there was like a four to five or three to five shot 
because if that horse wins, then you're screwed. But in this race, there's no, I don't think there'll be a heavy favorite. For Jerry Nipper is a favorite on, um, on paper, but I, I don't even see, you know, that that horse would be the favorite. Maybe, you know, maybe the, the nine South Africa or Rickon, but we'll see. Um, all right, so race eight, the Awad, who was a horse who ran back uh, in your dad. And I remember Awad. I'm pretty sure that 90s, maybe? It, it was pronounced Awad. Oh, then I don't remember Awad. Yeah, it, was, it, it, was a, it was a turf horse that, um, yeah, it, it was probably back in the 80s. I actually saw him run a few times. Yeah, I'm he, was, he, he was just a good, good uh, um, turf horse, you know. All right. Um, I'm, or trier. I'm trying to think who I'm, I must be mixing him up with someone. And I, you know, they've had eight races named after him and all that. So oh, apparently he was a Maryland bred. I'm just looking him up now. Uh, David Donk trained him. Is this right? Can that be right? David Donk be, trained Maybe that's why I. Oh, I yeah, 90, 90s. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I definitely saw because he, he ran uh, his last race was in 1998. Uh, he came in second in the Hollywood Turf uh, Cup, a grade one. Like I said, Hollywood Donk shipped him if he had him then came in ninth in the Breeders' Cup that year. Anyway, we don't have to recap his whole career, but um, I definitely remember the name, even if I mispronounced it. All right, so in this race, 12-horse um, fields with one horse waiting. I hope it stays on the turf. I, I won't go as long this race because if it comes off, it'll be a waste of time, but uh, I, I think it'll stay on personally if I had a guess. So uh, I'll go to the horses that I like, and maybe I'll touch on a few of the shorter prices that I don't like. Um, the horses I like that I'm a little – scared because the post position sucks are the nine heat of the night and the 12 Wooten asset if that's how you pronounce it um usually post position especially on the belmont turf not a huge deal especially the winder but if you look this is the inner turf and the inner turf certain distances like a mile and an eighth they start right before the turn a mile and six and they actually start on the turn it's very weird so the outside is not a place to be in fact if you're handicapping and you see a horse who if you're not someone who wants to watch replays and you see a horse who had like the eight post going a mile and eighth or a mile 16th on the inner at uh, Belmont, you know, they had to go, even if they got to the route quickly, they still had to cover more ground because it's already the turn. So you can kind of move them up slightly. But um, I, I like these horses and I'm going to use them despite the post. The nine is 10 to one heat of the night. Now this horse broke his maiden pretty impressively uh, to me. He ran down a two to five shot. Who, who broke away and opened up by a few lengths at the top of the stretch and looked like it was going to cruise home. Uh, and that would be, um, I can't read because I have someone trying something dream uh, there. Maybe it's orange session, no, but I can't read it. Unfortunately, I relied through it. Um, but I thought that was a really impressive race. And then he improved his next out, I thought. Uh, Buyer-wise went from 62 to 70 in the grade one summer. But this horse had significant trouble. Um, he was cut off at the start, which I think it mentions that lost path in the start. So he got cut off in the start, got checked in the back stretch, which I don't think it says in the, uh, in the PPs there. And again on the turn and, um, then had to alter out at the top of the stretch. None of those like checking the cutting off at the start, the, the altering out, none of them were like awful. Like, Oh my God, where it's like so obvious that it was terrible trouble. But when you add all that up, he had significant trouble. It was a grade one race. Um, you know, not the toughest grade one, but it was a grade one race. I thought the horse ran a lot better than it looks on paper. I thought he improved from his first race. I think he's going to improve again. I think this horse has a big shot here in this race. The 12 Wooten Asset came over, ran, um, ran a Kimlico. I think that was a Preakness day because I think we went over that race, or at least I know I bet the race, uh, whether or not it was part of our podcast week sequence. I can't remember offhand. 
But anyway, um, the horse came over to America and ran on the yielding turf, which probably get again. And I thought the race was really good. Did have a rough start, got squeezed at the start. Um, and I mean, just that alone, the, the figure she put up, I liked the field kind of that she ran against. It was decent. Uh, so I thought this horse has a decent shot. I don't look four to one with a shitty post. So um, there's a chance I go against in my main bets, but I'll probably use in the pick five because I was planning on using. And, and the horse I like the most is also out of that race. And that's the five, a 10 to one kidnapped. That shot. I don't think you'll get 10 to one. If you do, I'm, I'm going to be very happy. Um, these are horse I like on top. Uh, I only like a little better than the other horses. Uh, I like a little better than 12, probably similar to the nine and the nine cents one, but better post. So probably moves ahead. This horse only had one turf race. It was in that Pimlico race uh, on the yielding turf last time. Got squeezed at the start, uh, lost a few lengths. Um, and the other thing also, uh, what did I write here? And last and speed. So her, oh, to me, this is a horse who has speed. Now that this horse shows speed going five furlongs on the dirt. And sometimes when they go to turf, they have a different running style. They don't really show speed. But you think stretching out this horse would be a speed horse. So I think that start really hurt. If you're a closer and you have a, slight, a, a bad start or length, especially at this pace and race, it doesn't really kill you. But if you're a speed horse, it takes you out of your game. So this horse with speed, maybe he doesn't have to be on the lead. Who knows? But you got Irad coming aboard. I, I like this horse the most. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into this horse. I don't think I'm going to single this. I think I'm going to go shallow this race, though. And I'm just going to use a 5, 9, 12 with the caveat. I might toss a 12 uh, out, but most likely 5, 9, 12. This is a, a fairly short race for me. Um, I, I'll let you chime in if you want. Uh, and then if you want, I can talk about some of the others, but uh, I'm basically done here. Well, it's kind of interesting that uh, three horses come out of that Laurel uh, Futurity, which uh, was run at Pimlico. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually run at Laurel, but since uh, it came late and there was a uh, Christmas day, they ran it there. And and so obviously because of COVID, were ridden by local jocks who mm -hmm. had, were the ones who could go, go to Laurel. So I think in all three cases, you might be getting an uh, upgrade. You get uh, IRAD versus trevor well trevor obviously is the best of maryland so but uh then you got uh joel rosario and wooten asset instead of paco never liked paco i don't know why <laughs> I, I i i i don't care for jockeys who don't give 100 percent of the time on 100 percent of their mounts really you think that about him i know once he stopped on a speed horse and pete Ayello almost had a heart attack he must have bet the horse but Man, he's so aggressive. I, I don't know. I like him. I mean, he's not perfect, but people don't like him because of the way he rides. He's reckless. He's dangerous. And I agree with that. I think it's terrible what he does, but I, I don't mind betting him. All right. So, so since you like two of the three, you, you don't like the horse who was the winner out of that race. You think uh, by a nose, um, Catman. I, I, there's, there's probably going to be more speed uh, in here. The, the 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 that that turf course at Pimlico, it was so soft. It, it's amazing the times weren't slower than they were. Mm -hmm. it, it was really bad. And who knows? It could have been more taxing on the, all those horses. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're coming. They're only coming back in three three weeks. Oh, yeah, maybe four week layoff. But uh, you know, of of everybody, as far I don't know what the buyers show, but the winner of that race, the two Catman. 
uh, has the the best uh, Brisnet turf figure. It's eighty, got an eighty six. Um, but there, there's a couple that uh, could. You know, the, the two coming from Prescott, who are rank outsiders, they they they're not going to move up on the turf versus their uh, you know Prescott form, which is the all weather. I, I just uh, I like the fact that you pointed out the nine horse, the trouble that the horse had. You know, they're 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 the ones that are going to give you the value. So uh, I I don't see anybody else in here who would would trump that type of uh, situation where you could find value. So um, if you want, you can slide on to the next race. All right. Yeah. The um the jockey thing doesn't really change my opinion. I'm not into jockeys that much. Just quickly, Catman, the two who won that race, he just had like a perfect trip. And I'm not big into weight, but he's also picking up five pounds on the others where the others are picking up either no pounds or two pounds. So between that and more of the perfect trip, I just don't see Catman doing again. But anyway, so that's my, my thoughts uh, on that race. The, the seven space launch is a short price. Um, I just thought she had a perfect trip. Well, he had a perfect trip last time with Clamont and Franco. So Horace had a perfect trip against Maidens, come back against Stace. I guess could win because – He'll get better second out, but I just, you know, would lean against it. I think that's the only shorter price horse we didn't mention. So I'll go on to race nine. I'm going to single a horse in race nine in my pick five here. Um, I was disappointed when I saw the morning line. I thought I might get a little higher price. And, and David and I were going to the morning line guy. is probably going to be right uh, on the race. So um, the horse that I'm singling here, and I always dread this, singling of off the pace horse. And this is an off the pace horse. Uh, but Miho, so I'm going, to, I'm going to single the one here. Um, it was a little scary because the two might be the lone speed in the race. Um, it very much appears that. The only hope, I guess, is the three Wendell Fong picking up Louis Saez has some early speed. And maybe Louis will say, I don't want to let the two uh, get away. So maybe that Let me stop you there. Yeah. Let me stop you there. Wendell Fong ran Thursday and off the turf. Uh-oh. Bend. Uh-oh. So scratch Wendell Fong. From well, Saturday. that makes it harder for me, folks. <laughs> thanks that's good info though i'm glad you said that so we'll talk more about it but um i, I don't listen the two will probably be the favorite now especially because the other speed scratched uh I, I have to think he's going to take the money over fat man but um i don't know the 103 buyer share of the ride put up two back was with a really really easy lead um last race had a slightly slow start but it was a speed race that's why i like um mijos I mean, the speed held the last race share of the ride. This is the two horse round and Mios ran against each other in that. Um, oh, wait, what am I doing? They didn't ride run against each other. My bad. Um, Mios ran against someone else in this race. Majestic Dunhill. My bad. Share the ride had easy leads in his last two. He couldn't get the easy lead again. And that's something to fear. So if you're someone who is a pace scenario handicapper, I think you're singling share of the ride here. But I- I'm not. And I'm hoping someone goes. But without window falling, it scares me, too. So that's definitely a horse that scares me. Um, the four I don't love, I, I think it will overmatch, but this uh, trainer from Philadelphia, Daniel Velasquez, won two stakes race uh, on the New York uh, bred uh, stakes day the other day. So maybe, maybe his horses are just live, but I don't like the four. The five is a horse I started to talk about, accidentally mentioned the two. The five majestic Dunhill. Horse can win as back races that are good. Last race put up a big figure, but this is a horse that just was up on a slow pace, ran against Mijos, and in that race, um, majestic Dunhill and Lenstar, that's a Lenstar, had the lead, the two of them, and they just went around the track. And Lenstar was 13 to 1, I think. Um, I could be wrong, or 14 to 1. 
and wired the field. There were two short price horses, uh, two to one and maybe eight to five in the back, and they couldn't close, but Mijos closed. So I loved Mijos' race. Um, you know, his, his long race in Westchester, he's not a, he's not a long distance horse. It's like a perfect distance for him. Uh, I, I've long been a fan of this horse. And again, the only reason I don't, or I'm scared is there's a lack of pace potentially. If there's any pace at all, I think Mijos is going to win this race hands down. Um, so Majestic Dunhill, I don't love because it was up on the pace. I, I would definitely pick the two, share the ride over Majestic Dunhill personally. And then Fat Man, Fat Man put up two huge buyers. So if you, I don't know the Brisbane figures you can tell us if you want, but um, you know, he had a 101 and a 102, his last two buyers. No one's really, you know, I mean, share the ride in a 103 too back, but those buyers kind of stick out like a sore thumb in a positive way. Two things though. First, they were ideal setups where there were big pace duels and he just kind of benefited from that. So I don't like that. And the other negative is he hasn't run since February and Sweezy doesn't have great numbers off the, um, off the layoff, but the workouts are all bullets. So I assume the horse is ready. And uh, if you want to defend Fat Man, I mean, this is a grade three. None of these horses have really had any success in graded stakes races or even running graded stakes races, some of them. So uh, Fat Man has. He's won grade three races or a grade three race coming second. So from a class standpoint, Fat Man's the horse to beat. From a pace standpoint, if you're a pace and share the ride's the horse to beat. I'm kind of neither. I'm kind of mixed, and, and I'm going with Mijos here to win. The two would be my second pick, and then I guess the five or six. But, you know, if I went too deep, I'd go one, two. But I'm just going to go one Mijos. All right. I'm done. You're up. <laughs> well, uh, I, I always like to look to see how horses run coming off of a deep uh, – a, a, not a significant – well, yeah, a significant layoff, and that's what Fat Man's coming off of, a significant yeah. layoff. Uh, when when the horses run off of not-so-significant layoffs, uh, the horse has, has gone off at nice – I mean, favorable odds meaning the horse had a chance to, you know, was supposed to have a chance in, in the race and the horse hadn't won. So right or wrong, I kind of look at that thinking that uh, coming off, maybe it's the horse that uh, just, you know, you know need, needs uh, conditioning and, and race conditioning. So um, there, there's enough uh, scenarios in horse racing and, stats that go against uh you know that you're fighting when you're thinking for a horse to win but uh definitely if if with a good pace scenario fat man is definitely the one to beat uh but uh you know hey with uh wendell fong not in the race who knows the share of the ride might be able to steal it yeah definitely has a good shot and i agree with you on fat man you know it seems like you think yeah it could win the race but just not worth the the attempt there in a short price, especially. All right, so we'll go to Belmont 10. This is the one where if they take any off the turf, it'll be this because this is a, a cheap maiden claimer. The only thing is it's a 10th race, and it's supposed to be sunny all day or nice all day. So um, maybe by then, you know, even if they took a couple of early off, they might stay on. So we'll, we'll go through it. I'm actually, again, I, I still, it's hard sometimes two, three days before to know exactly what you're going to do pick five-wise, but I'm leaning towards singling this race as well. So I was thinking about singling the last two, but then I'm like, you know what? If I have a $100 ticket and I'm singling the last two races, maybe I'll just bet a $100 double instead uh, on those two horses because, uh, you know, the $100 double will probably pay more than my pick five. Um, but maybe not. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, I'll, I'll go recap the ticket at the end. But the horse that I'm, first of all, on the first page are my PPs. There are five horses. I don't really like the first four of them. 
Uh, three, the one, Dust in the Wind. The two, Tonali, I guess is an outside shot. Three, Mia Kalia. I don't think any of them really have much of a shot. If you want to use Tonali, I guess. But uh, if you excuse the last race on the dirt and, and all. But even still, I, I don't know. Uh, the four, Silent Empress. I, I don't like an eight to one. Has a shot, but I, I don't know. Just has to run a lot faster. I guess the only thing on the four is if the horse really likes going longer, that's your that's your thing, but I just, I, I don't see it. Um, the five, Woman Not Easy, I think has a shot here at six to one. Um, now, it's had some chances. You know, we talked about this. Four times at this level, hasn't won one second. So that's not very inspiring to me um, that, that he's, she's done that. She ran well June 11th, um, but she had a, a relatively easy lead that day. I just, I couldn't really make too many excuses. Her speed figure is put her right there. Maybe with Louis Saez, she gets back to the speed um, attempts, and, and there might not be a ton of speed here. So I can see Woman on Easy doing it if you like her. I, I'm not in love with her. Uh, six, seven, I don't see having any shots. Cemetery VIP 31. Let Artie lead as a first time starter. Your guess is as good as mine, but 15 to 1. I know Richard Lugovich, I guess. I always remember him as like a low percent trainer from right. He's hitting 27% with a small sample, but first time going long. I don't bet that unless like Clement, Chad Brown, somebody who's done it a lot. He hasn't, so I'm not on Artie there. Um, the horse that I'm probably going to single is, and, and I'll definitely be betting, is the eight, Beliza or Beleza. Believe it or not, um, this horse has been running on the dirt, has been running slower speed figures than these on the dirt, but this is turf. It's a different surface, and I don't mind that because it helps with the value. If this horse put up 60 and 70 buyers on the dirt and now is going to the turf, well, the horse would be like a big favorite. So I don't mind that she's uh, got slower speed figures on, on the dirt. Her one turf race was August of last year at Saratoga in a maiden special weight against better horses. And yeah, she came in 10th. So you can be like, well, she came 10th of 11. She didn't do anything. But she ran a decent race. She basically was three to four wide the whole time, made a nice middle move, and, and just kind of faded. Only lost by six lengths. She wasn't embarrassed at all. So I don't like any of these horses. And I... I think her race was pretty good on the turf compared to these. So, so I'm on Belize. It's a little bit of a reach perhaps, but I'm on that horse. And I don't think there's a lot of pace in here. And she shows speed on the, um, on the, uh, on the dirt. I think she, she could show a little speed here and, and you know, sit close to be on the lead. So I'm on Belize, Belize. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about the others real quick, but eternal memories, eternal. That's the horse that has the big speed figure. So buyer, you can tell me Briz uh, in a second if you want, but, um, the, the memories eternal got a 66 buyer for her last race at, at this level it was on the turf and that towers over this field, but I don't know. She had a perfect trip, perfect setup. Could she repeat it? I guess, but I don't want that in short price. Does she have a, a big brisnet figure last time compared to these? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, it, it's an 83, which is her personal best out of six times on the turf. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is back in May, her uh, uh, turf race, six furlong turf race at, at uh, Belmont. She also got uh, 83. And the next race, even though she ran fifth when she stepped up in the uh, maiden special, um, she got an 82. So she's capable of these figures. It's, it just wasn't a one-time shot. So, yeah, her buyers are lower. Those old buyers are much lower, so... Um, there's a difference there. Yeah, she was like low 50s on the buyers or mid 50s. Oh, okay. 
So that um, yeah, that's always interesting to compare that because it's not consistent between the Briz and the buyers. Yeah. The Right, right. No, that's interesting that um, buyers have it a lot lower in the older races. The, the 10 and 11 are both dropping out of maiden special. And by the way, the 9, twice at this level, going long on the turf. Uh, actually, one was a sprint, not going long. Twice a second and a third. So I see the 9 as a horse that, you know, competitive, should get there, but, uh, you know, second, third, fourth, but I don't want to take on top. Um, twice later, the 10, I was surprised to see 3 to 1 on this horse. Um, is dropping, is maker, and is Ortiz. And that's probably why, those three things. But... I don't, first of all, they say that the New York breads and, and any state bread, when they drop, it's not as big a drop as open because they're not worth as much as maybe an open horse, whether that's true or not. So maybe it's not a huge drop, but it still is a drop. Um, she just saved ground and didn't do anything. Belaza ran against Maiden Special Weight. She was a wide trip. She had all this, tr you know, crazy middle move things and, you know, put up a better figure than twice the lady. You had a perfect trip against Maiden Special Weight. So that's why I'm against her. But she could win, but I'm against her at short price. And then sneak, uh, sneak the 11, um, same thing, dropping, but had such an easy lead last time, or mostly an easy lead last time. I don't know. I mean, they can win the 10, 11. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, there's some I said I don't think I have a shot. I wouldn't be shocked with either of those. And the 12, I like to race two back. She put up a nice figure. I thought she did it well. Um, there was no pain. She did save ground two back on August 11th. This 12 courted. Um, and, and I might have better off of that race last time. And maybe I did for all I remember. I, I can't remember. I don't know what the heck happened last time. She really had no excuse. I mean, maybe a little wide, but um, it, it really wasn't uh, anything special. Must have so, been the, the down rate on the jockey the last time uh, she ran. Yeah, <laughs> that must have been the problem. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if she wins today, you got an argument for next week. You go, oh, she went from Joel to Jose and let's kind of stunk. And then Ortiz is good. I mean, here's the thing I wanted to ask is you're, you're the New York guy and you have a pulse on these trainers and owners mm -hmm. and jockey connections and whatever. So twice the lady who is the favorite by default simply because it's Irad and Maker mm -hmm. and Rapoli. But in that first race, Jose rat rode the horse. So are they that cutthroat, or was it that, that Irad wasn't available and Jose wrote him? Yeah. You know, I, I, I see that Irad's got 167 mounts at a 26% clip over the past year with Maker. But, you know, is this something that just happens all the time? Uh, I'm pretty sure Irad was out for like two weeks around that time. He definitely was out for a couple weeks. I think it was around that time. So that could be why. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jorge Abreu, I believe is the old, um, I hope I'm not getting it wrong. He was a Chad Brown assistant who went on his own. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and a lot of Chad Brown horses go to him, I think. So he uses the Ortiz's a lot. So I don't know. I don't try and, you know, judge those things, but I think to answer your question, I read was out, um, at that time. So, um, it's natural that they go to Irad. Right. Yeah. I don't let, let Jose retain the mount. Yeah, I think if Jose, I, I, I don't even, I don't even want to guess because I, I don't know. But I would not, if I'm at home listening, I wouldn't take that into account here or worry about it personally. Um, but yeah, interesting question. But I'm pretty sure Ira was out. So I, I, it's funny you mentioned uh, Jose Lascano the downgrade, and I didn't even realize until now. But I'm taking Jose Lascano. So there you go. It works out. Well, the, the last time, you know, it's funny. This is this has got to be fate. The last time I singled Jose, Jose Lascano. In the fifth leg of a pick five was when he won with Intercommunicado uh, at about 
he ended up going to about four to one third choice. Um, I think he paid about eight thousand. Oh no, maybe that was a ten thousand dollar pick five. It was in late July, early August. Um, and in that in this race, the four horse Silent Empress. Oh, July thirty first was Silent Empress ran the four ran against in Incommunicado, whatever the name of the horse. I should probably know. Won me a lot of money with Jose Jose Lascano. So maybe it's fate that that horse shows up in the PPs in a race where I'm doing the same thing and singling Jose Lescano to close things out. Um, <laughs> never, never know. Just, you know. Lightning could strike twice. Yep. So to recap my picks, and if you want to chime in with anything additional, I'm on eight Beleza. I wouldn't be shocked at the five, Woman Not Easy, the nine, Memories Eternal, the 10, Twice Lady, or the 12, um, Courted, won the race. You know, I guess if you just want to hit it and you want to throw more horses, a five, the 11, sneak, sweet sneak, I don't like as much as the other four or five, but could win. And the four is not without a chance to come on stretching out, but I don't really like that horse. But I don't see any outside of those ones. I mentioned the four or five, nine, 10, 11, 12, and, and of course my eight uh, is having much of a chance. But I'm just going to single eight. I like the eight. I don't really like it. I don't love the eight. I like the eight. I don't like anyone else. So why not single? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely going to have a pick five. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully the weather uh, changes. It'll dry out and, and all three in this sequence will remain on the turf. But uh, I don't know. Um, what, what the heck? I'll take a swing. I'll take a swing at uh, – you want to do a challenge? Yeah, we'll do yeah. a challenge for that. Can I try to lose more of my profit? Um, yeah, you should just quit and stay ahead, 66 <laughs> bucks. You're ahead 66 after losing 20 last week, and I'm down 220. My bet scratched last week, so I got I got saved out of a $20 loser, but I, I think I got screwed out of a huge win because, like I said, Monday morning quarterback won. I would have been a lot $20 double to horse, especially if you remember that last race at, um, at Laurel. Uh, it was an insane pace, and a closer won the race, a long shot closer. Okay. And my three horse I single was a closer. I think he would have got a great setup. But whatever. I'll, I'll go first with my bet of the week, give you a second there. All right. uh, my bet of the week is going to be – I'll put my money where my mouth is, and I'm actually going to make this bet. Um, I'm going to bet a double. I'll do the $40 max that we're allowed, a 1-8 double starting in race nine. So Mijos to Beleza, $40 double, Mijos to Beleza. Um, so that's my bet of the week. And uh, do you have one, or do you want me to go over the pick five before we wrap up? Uh, nah, I, I'll, I'll throw one in. I'll, I'll throw away another $18. I'll, I'll do in, in the uh, sixth race, I'll do a $3 exact the box on the, the one, two, four, which is Bobel, Buddha, Makina, and Lemon Zip. All right, and listeners, please don't uh, – <laughs> you're killing me, GQ. You're killing me. I'm trying to make a podcast here where we're teaching them how to bet smart, and that's what you're betting. I, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of your horses. I'm not saying you're bad with your picks, I know. the way you're right. betting it. If that's well, you, what you want you, – you, 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 you should bet. Lashes, no, lashes with a wet noodle you, you, you'd hit me with if, if I would take a horse and bet, like, in place. So, so, okay, let's do this then. Forget right, the exact. Right. And I, the I would, exact. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you Forget like the, zip, like that's the price in that race. So if I'm betting those three horses in a, in a box, 
I'm going to bet lemon, if you want, lemon zip with the one and lemon zip with the two. I'm not going to waste money on a one, two exact and maybe get my money back or make a few bucks. I'd rather use that money on the long shot than I think as a shot, even though the one, two is much more likely to come in. But we can argue that another day. I know we're under uh, time constraints here, so no, I won't prolong it. All right, so uh, put me down for 10 to win on lemon zip then. No, no, I don't want to talk. You, you sure? No, no. In addition we're, we're, or instead of? We're... Our, our, our mission is to teach wise betting, not, so I, right. I bust my head there yeah. and um, threw in an exact because I, even though I like lemon zip, I was worried about, uh, you know, on top. So, but all right, well, hey, now, you know, it's going to come in have, one four. As you have pointed out to me that how much more money I would have won in my lifetime by just betting my horses to win versus win place. So, yep, and, and it's true. Um, to teach an old dog new tricks. There you go. And I and wouldn't be against an exacta, but I would do, like I said, one four and two four instead of all three. But all right, you're sticking with the 10 to win in the four. Okay. 10 um, to win in the four, yeah. All right, when it comes in one, two, don't, don't complain, all right? Um, it could happen. So anyway, let, let me go over to pick five because I don't have too much time and I, I do want to uh, talk about the bet structure. So in race six, um, I got to decide if I want to invest a lot in this or a little. So if I go with the smaller bet, I'm going to go two six, Muda Makina Kina, and the six luck money. Or if I want to spend more, I'm going to go all that race. So I'm either going two six or I'm going all in that race. In race seven, I am going to go all nine horses in race seven. You might be thinking at home, wow, you spend a lot, but I'm short after that. Um, that's race seven. Race eight, I'm going to go five, nine, 12. Now remember, when you use three horses, if you cut one of those three, you're saving a third of your bet. So if I do go deep in the first two, meaning I go like eight and nine deep. We're talking eight times nine is 72. It's a 50 cent bet. So $36 I'm already up to if I singled every other race. So if I do go deep, there's a chance I cut out the 12 in race eight, but I'm planning on going three deep. And the three horses I said, I have the numbers. I'm just looking up the names. Five kidnapped, the nine heat of the night, and the 12 Wooten asset. Race nine, I'm singling the one Mijos, and race 10, I'm singling the eight um, Beleza. And I, I just want to see if the pick five is worth it compared to a double, but I think it will be. And I'll probably bet the double also, especially if I'm out of the pick five, I'll definitely bet the double. So that's where I'm at uh, in, my, in my pick five with two late singles there. And um, As long as they're all on the turf, right? Right. If it's off the turf, ignore a lot of what we said on the turf races. Hopefully the dirt races help you and uh, you guys can fill in the, uh, the dirt races or, or the off the turf races, I should say. All right. So with that, we're excited for next week. We got a Breeders' Cup preview. Uh, should be fun. We haven't, I'm not going to tease it yet, but we, I'll tease it without saying it anyway in case it jinx it. But we have a really, really good guest who I'm looking forward to in two weeks. So um, next couple weeks are exciting. Nationally known guest. You, if guess? you don't know this guest, you don't know horse racing, right? <laughs> well, you don't know how to you don't know how to bet horse racing. Or, or, leave it at that. You're not on social media. Or lot. that, yeah. <laughs> or you're like a normal person <laughs> and don't follow this as close as most of us <laughs> and the listeners. All right, so GQ, uh, any final thoughts? I'm going to wrap it up here. No, have a great weekend <laughs> and uh, look forward to next week's Breeders' Cup. All right. I love that you actually thought about it. That was awesome. I said that. Most people would be like, nah, but you actually thought for a second. I can see. <laughs> That's really nice of you. I'm, I'm impressed. Anyway, yeah. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the weekend, everyone. Look forward to talking to you next week about the Breeders' Cup, and uh, hopefully we can bring home some winners there and give you some good ideas. All right. So have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.